Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello, my dark darlings. I'm Markia, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. To our veteran listeners and those just voyaging into the dark with us for the first time, welcome. We often take our basic needs for granted. Food, water, and shelter come far too easily for many of us. So easy that we want more. More comfort, more luxury, more everything. Left unchecked, our desire for more can drive us to do very bad things. And those very bad things can have very bad consequences, all done for greed a most deadly sin. First, lifestyles of the dead and famous, followed by a killer psychic. Then, dancing with the dead. Finally, in our featured story, a flesh-eating beast that hides within. I receive hundreds of creepy story submissions every single week, and of those, the scariest ones make it into our podcast along with the story that we've chosen to animate and post over at youtube.com snarled. If you have a tale you're dying to share, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. If you'd like to support Something Scary, then consider joining our Patreon. As a patron, not only can you help the show and see ad-free episodes, but you can also be a part of the horror and hear your name featured in one of our podcasts or weekly video stories. Visit patreon.com snarled. So, want to hear something scary? Greed, a most deadly sin. Many people dream about fame and fortune, but they never consider that it comes with a price. Like in this story, inspired by Kira. Detective Reeves was the best homicide and missing persons investigator in the LAPD. Maybe the whole country. She solved most of her cases, even the cold ones, and she was so well-known for her skills that the FBI often asked her for consultations. So she was the perfect detective to put on the Gemma case. Gemma was a non-binary social media star and activist, which catapulted the case into the public eye. The 17-year-old model Gemma had disappeared after it was announced they were hosting the 21 Grams Influencer Awards. They were on the verge from being internet famous to television famous. They'd been missing for three weeks now. The only evidence was a Polaroid picture found on the floor of Old Oak Street Mansion, an old, run-down home that also became famous. Famous for being infamous. 
There were lots of urban legends about that house that went all the way back to when Reeves was a kid. Rumor had it that celebrities spent time there to overcome their demons and reach the next level in their careers. Recently, it became a photo opportunity for anyone on social media brave enough to take a picture inside. Gemma's Polaroid was found by a realtor, Tina. Gemma looked surprised and even a little afraid to have their picture taken. Very curious and unnerving, especially if they come to the infamous house for pictures. Walking through the dilapidated house, Reeves understood why it was notorious for ghost stories. The house reeked of death. No doubt from rodents that got into the walls and couldn't escape. At least that's what the detective told herself. It was dark and damp, with rotted holes in the ceilings and wallpaper peeling off the walls. The thing she found the most peculiar was how many Polaroids were strewn throughout the house in random corners. Some even littered the stairs. They were everywhere. What bothered her the most was not how many of them seemed new, but instead, all of the people in them had that same look of surprise, or in some cases, were even terrified. Gemma's phone was visible in the Polaroid, so Reeves hoped to find it somewhere in the old place. After what seemed like forever, with no sign of the phone, Detective Reeves decided to leave with the thick stack of Polaroids she'd found. Back at the station, Reeves investigated her new collection of photos. It wasn't hard to identify one of the individuals. He was a child star from the 90s. When she looked him up, she discovered the actor also went missing a few years back, right after he'd started to make a comeback. Three more photos had similar stories. The subjects were all celebrities whose careers were starting to pick up steam and then suddenly went missing. Sadly, this wasn't uncommon in LA for various reasons, but Reeves couldn't shake the fact that they all had their pictures taken on Oak Street. Something wasn't right. She began wondering why Tina went to the house to begin with. Sure, she was a realtor, but the house wasn't listed for sale. Reeves followed a hunch and searched her name on the internet. Immediately, the screen was flooded with local news articles about a young real estate agent who was trending on Twitter for her helpful tips in buying homes. She had risen in popularity on TikTok and Instagram and in a short time gained millions of followers. Someone was luring these stars to the house and Reeves began to suspect it was Tina. Why else would she have been there but to lure these up-and-comers to that house? Tina claimed on social media she was meeting a famous YouTuber at the house that day to tell her story about finding Gemma's Polaroid. With luck, Reeves could catch the woman there red-handed. When Reeves arrived at the house, she called Tina and could hear her phone ringing from inside, but she wouldn't answer. Reeves realized then that maybe she was wrong. Tina was an up-and-comer in that house. Tina wasn't the perpetrator, but she might now be the victim. Reeves ran inside, looking for the realtor. Tina was nowhere to be found, but her phone continued to ring on the ground. 
as she approached the ringing phone, Reeves fell to her knees, shocked to find a Polaroid of Tina. Sheer shock on Tina's face stuck forever in the moment. Reeves looked closer, and in Tina's hands, she could see her own name appearing on the phone as the woman clutched it. This photo had just been taken. Reeves looked up, startled. Whoever took that photo was still in the house, and no one knew that Reeves was there. No backup was coming. She rushed to escape the house, but it was too late. There was a bright flash, and all that was left of the famous Detective Reeves was a Polaroid of her with a surprise and slightly terrified look on her face. Thank you so much, Kira, for inspiring this urban legend house of celebrities gone wrong. Listener, how far would you go to be famous? Is it worth your life? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Scary Story Podcast brings original short scary stories right to your ears every week. Like Dead of Night. The story of a man who moves into a new apartment building only to discover its sinister foundation. Or another recent one, The Delivery, where a man discovers a family secret hidden in plain sight. Have you ever listened to a scary story that lingers as if it reminds you of a long lost memory? My name is Edwin Covarrubias, host and writer over at Scary Story Podcast, where every episode brings you a short, original scary story every week. The stories are read just like this, me telling you a frightening story that will blur the lines between this and the world of hauntings, ghosts, experiences that defy logical explanation. You can join us by searching for Scary Story Podcast on your app right now. It's the show by Scary FM. I'll see you over on Scary Story Podcast. They say you are judged by the company you keep. When those you spend time with the most do the worst, you might also suffer their consequences. Like in this story inspired by Ace Lee Fifo. Arabella was thrilled. The carnival was back in London. As usual, she dragged along Lara, her longtime best friend. Arabella was a bit ruthless and fearless, especially when it came to things that were off limits. Lara was more reserved, nervous, and frequently pressured into the misadventures that Arabella got them into. So, without their parents' permission, 
the pair snuck out and ended up at the carnival. Even Laura had to admit it was fun. They rode the rides and ate all the food. Laura was ready to go home, but Arabella wanted to see the fortune teller, Esmeralda. The line to the psychic's tent was very long, and it was getting late. So Arabella had them cut in line by claiming that Laura was very sick and had chemo first thing in the morning. When it was finally their turn, the assistant brought them to Esmeralda. But upon looking at them, she then whispered something to the assistant, who then brought both girls back outside the tent. He told them Esmeralda knew they had cut the line and she refused to see them. She also warned them to go home right now. Great misfortune would fall upon them if they did not leave immediately. Arabella was furious. They were paying customers. Laura tried to calm her friend down when Arabella noticed a trailer behind the tent with a door that read Esmeralda. Arabella grabbed Laura's hand and headed straight for that door. Laura did not want to go inside, but there was no stopping Arabella when she set her mind on trouble. The door was unlocked, and inside, a musty, sweet smell filled the air. Their eyes wandered around the room, and Laura asked Arabella what she had planned. Then, they both spotted it. The most beautiful red dress they'd ever seen. Long and silky, and adorned with a sharp white collar. It was absolutely gorgeous. Arabella snatched up the dress, and Laura grabbed it to put it back. But when Laura touched it, she wanted to wear it too. The dress felt so good in her hands, and as she felt the silky material, she could vividly see the life that she'd always wanted for herself. The dress made her feel like all her dreams would come true if only she wore it. Suddenly, something rustled deeper inside the trailer, so they ran outside as fast as they could with the dress in hand. The two fought over the dress the entire walk home. It was unusual, because Laura always backed down from Arabella, but this time it was different. She was tired of being bossed around by her best friend. Finally, the much faster Arabella snatched the dress from Laura and ran home full speed. Laura felt betrayed by her friend and vowed to never speak to her again. A week went by and Laura kept having dreams of the dress. She wasn't speaking to Arabella and avoided her at school. She didn't want to give in at first, but all she could think of was that dress. She was obsessed. She finally went over to Arabella's house to try and convince her to at least share what didn't actually belong to either of them. Arabella's mom opened the door and she looked stressed and worried. She was grateful to see that Laura was there to check on her friend. Laura didn't understand, but when she went into Arabella's room, she found her former best friend deathly ill in bed, wearing the beautiful red dress. Laura wondered if she'd been wearing it all this time and hoped her friend didn't ruin it. Arabella kept gasping and she was sweating profusely. She looked much smaller than she did a week ago. Laura asked if she was okay, but when Arabella tried to answer, 
She began choking on her shriveled, dried-up tongue. Lar ran to get Arabella's mom, but when they got back into the bedroom, it was too late. Arabella was dead. As Arabella's mother sobbed and called 911, Lara couldn't help but stare at the lovely red dress on her dead friend's body. The dress was almost glowing. It was amazing. For a moment, Lara snapped out of it and was gripped with terror as she remembered Esmeralda's warnings about great misfortune befalling them if they didn't leave the carnival immediately. But as Lara removed the dress from her dead friend, she couldn't help but grin. Now that Arabella was gone, the dress was hers. And maybe, just maybe, it would make all her dreams come true. Thank you so much, Aisley Fifo. This tale of this killer dress is very inspiring. How about you, listener? Do you believe in fortune tellers and psychics? Would you dare steal from one of them? Is there anything you want that's worth ruining a friendship? It's time to turn off the lights and turn on the dark. <laughs> this is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. If you're like us here at Chilling Tales and enjoy feeling your stomach filling with dread as dastardly demons dance in your head, make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe now to always be the first to enjoy the horror show. Sometimes when we get lucky once, we feel that luck will never run out. But when you get greedy, your luck will go bad in an instant. Like in this story, inspired by Pratiksha. Dear Marquia, my grandpa shared with me the most terrifying thing that ever happened to him as a teenager in India. He made our family promise not to tell anyone until after he passed. So now, I'm going to share this story with you. Back then, when he was young, it was common for all the older teens to leave the villages and go into town for work and return by nightfall. 
According to my grandpa, the local belief was that the night of the new moon, known as Amavesia, was a festival time for the dead. It was said that they came in a procession through the village, singing songs and capturing the souls of those who disrespected them. Those who paid proper respect would be rewarded with gold. Some villagers had recently disappeared during these nights of Amavesia, making everyone fearful. On these nights, they shuttered the windows and doors before midnight and prayed no fool ventured outside and disrespected the dead. My grandpa and his friends thought this was all made up to scare them from staying out on a dark, moonless night. One night, grandpa and one of his friends worked late, then went out after to celebrate the weekend. They didn't even realize it was the night of a new moon, and by the time they started back to the village, it was past midnight. They took a shortcut through the forest to get home, and that is when they heard the drums and singing approaching them. Inebriated and not thinking clearly, they followed the music and eventually marched right into the procession. They started dancing along with them, and it was so dark they didn't realize they were surrounded by the dead. Each skeleton more decrepit than the next danced along with them to the music some with rotting flesh still hanging off their bones, but all dressed in the attire of saints, Arsudu Baba, as they're called in India. It wasn't until the procession got closer to the village and they heard the prayers to Lord Shiva echoing from out of the houses that my grandpa took notice and began to sober up. As the dim lights of the village grew closer, he realized they were surrounded by death. Horrified, Grandpa dropped to his knees and began to pray, hoping at the very least for a painless death. He wept and prayed and said he was sorry. He and his friend meant no disrespect. He felt a hand of bones clench his shoulder and he took a deep breath. Then it was silent. He opened his eyes to see his friend also on his knees beside him. They were both alive, and they couldn't believe it. In front of each of them was a basket. When they looked inside, they were elated to find a bar of gold. The entire way home, they couldn't stop laughing. They'd actually escaped death and had been rewarded as well. They figured, since they danced with them and prayed, the dead must have known they meant no disrespect. As they walked past other houses, they noticed there were also baskets outside each door. Figuring it was their lucky night and no one would know the difference, they began to collect other people's bars of gold as well. That morning, my grandpa was woken by the cries of his mother. Many of the townspeople had gathered and were devastated that they didn't receive their gold. They had come to rely upon it. Grandpa decided all his gold needed a better hiding place since everyone was up in arms about it. However, when he went and picked up the bars, they all turned to dust. Grandpa discovered that fate befell his friend's gold as well, and now 
no one had any gold. After that, both my grandpa and his friend were plagued with visions of the dead sitting in judgment waiting for them to come clean. After one night, where a trio of rotting corpses sat down for dinner with grandpa's friend, the man finally came clean to the village without implicating grandpa. As a punishment, the man was exiled from the village and never seen again. After that, my grandpa lived his whole life fearing the wrath of the dead and the other townspeople. He only came clean with his family, and specifically me, to remind us, to impress upon us all. Greed turns everything to dust. Thank you so much, Pratiksha, for sharing your grandpa's story with us all. Hopefully, someone out there learned from it. Have you ever escaped death? Have you ever witnessed anything as horrifying as bones of the dead? Tell us your story at somethingscary@snarl.com. A change of scenery is often just what is needed to break free from the shackles of bad habits. However, some bad habits can be so deeply ingrained that without help, they can break you. Shania was a natural-born hustler. Once she knew there was money to be made, she couldn't stop until she got all of it. Unfortunately, she often did this at the expense of her family. This time, she'd realized she could make a profit by selling the clothes her sister had pushed farthest back in her closet. But things went too far when Shania decided she could get more selling the items her sister had just bought instead. Her parents were furious. They sent her to her uncle Kamal to work at his animal training center in Manitoba, Canada for the summer. Her parents hoped that if she learned to train animals, then maybe she would learn some discipline herself. Uncle Kamal's animal center, along with the usual training services, also took in previously wild and or hurt animals. One large albino fox named Cain took a special liking to Shania. The large snow white fox had three legs and beautiful amethyst eyes and followed her everywhere. Her uncle's home and training facility were surrounded by dense woods that were teeming with wildlife. But there was something about the woods that made Shania very uneasy. At night, she would hear the sounds of the animals and then sudden silence. When that happened, she'd frequently glimpse antlers slowly moving past her window in the distance. The white fox cane began coming into her room at night to sleep on her bed. And while it was cute at first, it started to keep her up at night as he growled and barked at whatever was prowling outside. So, unable to find any lasting peace at her uncle's sanctuary, she returned to the thing she knew best, making money. She figured out that she could ask Uncle Kamal's clients to pay for their training sessions in cash, claim they had canceled the session, but actually reschedule them for after the summer. She'd then pocket that money. Soon, she'd amassed a tidy summer fortune, but she wanted more. Her usual greed was different here. It grew 
and permeated other parts of her life. She developed an insatiable appetite for meat. No matter how much she ate, the hunger only grew. One day soon after that, everything changed. Uncle Kamal was bitten by one of the dogs, and horrifyingly, the smell of his bloody wound was enticing to her. Upon realizing that, she was overcome with panic and fear. Terrified of her growing changes, she bolted to her room and searched the internet. She discovered the First Nations legend of the Wendigo. A Wendigo was an evil creature that slowly possessed the greedy, pushing them to revel in their greed and also cannibalistic desires. The curse of the Wendigo was horrific indeed. Suddenly, she heard growling and looked up from her laptop to find Cain. When she reached out to pat him, he snapped at her before running away. Shania pursued Cain, but was stopped by her bandaged, limping uncle. With a stern and disappointed look, he told her he'd found out about all of her canceled clients. He'd called them, and they all told him a very different story from hers. Shania realized just how greedy she'd become, caught in this latest hustling scheme. Tears streamed down her cheeks and she ran off instead, deep into the woods. Something rustled in the bushes ahead of her. Cain emerged, aggressive and snarling. Every one of the fox's white hair stood on end as he growled. His amethyst-like eyes flared and he leaped right at Shania. She screamed as Cain flew past her and attacked the antlered beast creeping up behind her. It was the Wendigo. The gaunt, ash-gray-skinned creature's hide stretched taunt over its tall, nearly skeletal frame, eyes deep in its sockets and stinking of death. It tried to throw the fox away with its antlered head, but Cain was too fast and continuously savaged the creature's throat and face. A very human-like scream ripped from its bloody, tattered lips as Cain continued his attack. Finally, the claws of the Wendigo slashed into the fox, and as he yelped, Shania ran for her life. The screams of the creatures echoed behind her as she ran through the woods back towards her uncle's place. She thought the fox defending her might mean that there was still hope to free herself of the curse of the Wendigo. But with every step, her greed and hunger grew. Her skin turned a mottled gray before her eyes as she felt antlers pushing to break free from her skull. And she had only one desire, to eat human flesh. She tried to resist, but she could smell her uncle's blood on the air. She heard a familiar growl and looked up to see the large battle-worn albino fox bathed in red from Wendigo blood. As he leapt at her, fangs bared, Shania smiled in relief. Kane couldn't save her, but at least he'd save her uncle from her. This week's podcast stories were edited by Markia McCarty, Sarah Lukasiewicz, and Dennis Culver. Narration by Markia McCarty. Audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Mari Carlson. Produced by Hannah Mullen and Markia McCarty. Music by Sapphire Sandalo and Calvin Linderman. Executive producer is Gail Gilman. 
If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Until next time, my dark darlings, sweet dreams. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.